Hey, my name is Ed Moore. I'm a primary school teacher, eco-coordinator and garden enthusiast. You're listening to the Us People podcast with Savia Rocks. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Us People podcast. I'm your host, Savio Rox, and today I'm extremely humbled to have Ed Moore here with me. Ed is a primary school teacher, a eco-coordinator, and an extreme garden enthusiast. Ed, thank you so much for taking your time and having the patience to, to deal with me, first of all, and come on the Us People podcast. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. No, that's perfect. Thank you so much. So, Ed, my first question that I always love to ask every single guest that comes on the show is, could you tell us a bit about who you are as a person, where you grew up, but how that influenced you to be the person who you are today? Um, I pretty much grew up in in Weymouth, in Dorset. Um, been here, I've been living here for the last 30, 30 odd years. Um I think um, my parents had a big influence on me, uh, along with my granddad. Uh, I think they, they're the ones who really got me into um, the profession that I'm in, uh, being, a, being a teacher. They were teachers themselves, and they were really, uh, really all about getting out, out in the outside, into the outside world. And um, that's how I suppose my passion for gardening came uh, through my granddad, watching him, watching him garden and, and teaching children within his garden how to grow things and uh, fruits and veg, and um, and then showing the children then how to make a make a dish, um, teaching them the skills that perhaps children don't actually know yeah. nowadays of how to cook. And that's what I want to bring in my teaching to the children that I teach that actually you can grow something from seed, grow amazing vegetables and fruit and then use that to then make an amazing simple dish that then they can go out and eat and then cook for their parents and yeah that sounds good to me I know that the world means so much to you just by what you do Ed but what does being eco-friendly mean because I know a lot of people have heard the word eco-friendly and being eco-friendly but what does it actually mean to you about being eco-friendly um, it means to me uh, looking after our world, making sure that um, you know it's there for many hundreds of years to come for, for our, you know for, for the children that are coming up um, throughout our world for the young people, um, making sure that you know that um, it's still here, it's still green, we still got animals, we still got things living on our planet, you know that that they can enjoy, that they can go in the sea, that they can you know see beautiful rivers mountains fields countryside you know the you know see beautiful wildflowers bees and butterflies and you know these are all the kinds of things that are you know sadly disappearing from our from our lovely world that we live in yeah I definitely agree with you there and there's there's something else uh, being a teacher I think is one of the most inspiring and rewarding things that you could ever do in the world I'm being serious because there are so many people I've had on a podcast that talk about a teacher 
has influenced them or inspired them to be how they are today if a teacher didn't say you can do it if a teacher didn't turn around and say take some time out to learn this but in in your just in your aspects or, or views of things how do you feel like you inspire your students every time every day that you teach um i think i inspire children through just being being funny being silly um you know, I got some funky socks. So I wear some funky ties, <laughs> bright ties. I'm happy to have a boogie around the classroom, or you know, have a bit of a sing song, and um, you know, just make a fool of myself, really, um, just to relax the children and just show, you know, it's fine to make a mistake. It's fine to be silly. It's just fine to just be who you are. Be who. Be the person that you want to be. Um, you know, don't worry about what anybody else thinks about you and. Just be who you want to be and and go with it and just chill and relax and and enjoy you know enjoy what you're doing and and uh you know you will go far you'll go far in life see i love that it's just being your authentic self like we were talking about just before we started mm. oh most definitely there are so many red flags in the world when it comes to the world in the in the eco sense what are some of the red flags that you've seen come up and how can we as humans help the world more? Because the world doesn't seem to be surviving the way it should be. And, I, mm. uh, and I'm definitely noticing it by the extinction of animals, like you were saying, and food. It, we're not getting enough food and, and the way food is grown is not growing the way it should be. But just your red flags, um, Ed, what do you believe that we should be doing as humans to help the world more? Um, in the last sort of three years, we've done a huge campaign with the children on single-use plastic, and I think that's been a real eye-opener on so many levels. Um, from us, the consumer, you know, us, you know, us using, you know, so much single-use plastic when actually we don't need to, and and seeing so much wastage through supermarkets and other businesses, uh, you know, the amount of wrapping and the amount of needless needless plastic being posted through people's letterboxes and yeah. you know and thinking seeing all this in the sea and on beaches and all those little micro bees as well and all the all those little um small micro bees that you can't even see uh, you know that are all around us um you know i think there's a lot that we can all do to reduce our our plastic within our homes um um as well as that you know I think we can recycle more. Um, I think across the UK, I think we could do a hell of a lot better. And it would help if, you know, county councils had the sort of the same yes. uh, recycling, you know, from one from one county to, a, to the next, it's different. And I don't quite understand why everyone can't have the same recycling, can't recycle the same things within their household. Um, you know, deforestation is another thing. Um, you know, palm oil, you know, that's really important. You know, we don't need products uh, like that at all. Um, you know, and we need more, we need more electric cars. We need to make those more affordable. Yes, I agree uh, with you, you know, there. Mm-hmm. You know, and hopefully in the next 12 months, we'll see them, the, the prices go down because um, that's the only way that we're going to encourage people to buy them at the moment. They're just too, too expensive. Um, and we need more charging points around around yeah. the UK. This is not enough. Or they're vandalised, sadly. Sadly, people vandalise them and then they're not fixed. 
Um, so, you know, if we want people to get out there, get an energy car, we need those facilities uh, t- for, for people to be able to, you know, t- to do those things. Um, and, you know, we need, you know, we need more wildflower meadows. We don't need to be mowing them down and cutting them back and just let them grow. Just let them grow so we can have the bees, the butterflies and and all the other insects that, you know, why cut it back? You know, there's no need for it. Um, so, yeah, I think there's an awful lot that we can all do and we can all learn from. And, you know, it's it's the children funny enough teaching the adults how to how to go about, how to look after the world, yeah. you know, who would have thought, you know, that they would be the ones to, you know, show us, us adults, how, you know, how to live. Do you know why I love children is because they have no filter. Mm. Yeah. I they, totally agree with you. They, they just say it how it is. And, and that's one mm. thing I would love to understand, but I think this is more a psychology thing. I would love to understand where the point we as children stop becoming like that and become that adult form within a child where we are stopped um, being able to say our opinion out loud um, because I think that hinders the world so much. I don't know if you agree, Ed, um, because when children say something, they just say it, and it's so funny sometimes the way that they say it, but they're actually telling you the truth. And if a child can see that there is something going on in the world, why can't we adults listen to the kids and say, you know what, the kids are, the kids are right. Yeah, and take our egos out of it and our pride out of it and listen to a child that's just taught us something. How how do you feel about that? How do you do you feel that there should be more campaigns with more kids telling more people about about what's going on in the world and the pollution and how we can make things better? Yeah, definitely. I think I think children are the way forward, you know, they've got the passion, you know, they've got the commitment, they've got the knowledge. Um, you know, we, we need to, you know, adults need to stand up, particularly the government need to stand up and start listening to these children. Uh, they've got so much, so much to say. They know so much. Uh, they've got so much passion and, the, you know, and they'll get it done. You know, they go out there and they'll, they'll get it done and they just need a platform to, to stand up and, and share, their, share what they know and, and let them, you know, support them in, in their, in their campaigns and in their beliefs and, um, you know, because they will, you know, they will show you how it's done. And I think part of the problem is, is that, you know, sadly, I've seen it for myself. Uh, this is, you know, children, you know, children going and speaking in front of, you know, adults and businesses and things. And, you know, you get businesses saying, oh, here we go again. Oh, no, children getting up. Oh, no, they don't know anything. And then they're blown away by how much they know. Exactly. And then they're, and then, and then, and then it's, and then they ask questions to the children and the children then asking them questions back and then you know they're like telling the adults you know and they're like oh hang on a minute oh no we're being caught out here and they're 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 blown away by how much the children know and you know it's 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 now time for adults to stop that mindset that children don't know anything and you know just sort of stop listen and then act yeah if if you had a chance and someone gave you the budget right ed to have a campaign Mm -hmm that you believe with the kids would change the world to be better, eco-friendly, mm-hmm. the way we look at the planet, the ozone layer, everything like mm-hmm. that. What do you believe that mm-hmm. your campaign would be about? God, that's a tough one. Um, I think at the moment, um, my big campaign would probably be um, 
the single-use plastic industry because we've spent so much time on it. I think that's really important. But I think also at the moment, um, health and well-being, huge health and well-being, mm-hmm. you know, is a massive thing at the moment. And it's something at school that I've done a lot of work with, uh, with children, uh, doing lots of random acts of kindness, and which has also led into a little little secret project of myself, of my own, um, which is um, – sort of uh it sort of i know i think it sort of changed people's lives at school really um on a on a on a whole sort of secret level through sort of some things that i've been through in my personal life um over the last sort of nine ten months and um basically um basically what i did was uh i watched a program called uh the kindness diaries don't know if you've seen it um and literally that changed my life um and uh, I came up with this uh, idea at school. Everyone was sort of downbeat and just, you know, we couldn't go see each other at school. And we all had to sort of stay in our classrooms because of COVID. Oh, and yeah. so I, I, I started to um, give out random acts of random presents to people around school and um, on, the, on the quiet. And this sort of lasted sort of eight weeks. Um, and no one knew it was me. And um, I even wrote a letter to them all. and. Um, and they still don't know it's me. I think the head teacher caught me. She 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 <laughs> uh, she uh, she put together a little plan, little plot to to catch <laughs> me out, and too. she got me. She got me good. But um, yeah, to this day, um, only a few people know, and um, it's definitely changed everyone's mindset at school since we've come back. There's been a lot more, a um, lot more people just saying a simple good morning to each other, and. Um, you know, or having a little chat or sending, you know, sending a song to each other and, you know, just the small things that we can all do to help each other, um, yeah. you know, be happier, you know, and happiness is, is such a, such a fantastic thing, you know, kindness, yeah. being kind to somebody, you know, it helps you, you, the person being kind, but it also helps the person that you're being kind to, you know, gives exactly. off so much, so much energy and, yeah, I'll definitely do a campaign. I think definitely on like kindness, happiness, and because I think at I, the moment that's that's really important. I would love to be part of your campaign. I would love to shout it from the rooftops, even if it's on a podcast or being a photographer for you guys. That would be epic because I know how much I know that people can't see you, and only I can mm. see you. But I just want to let the listeners know the amount of passion that Ed has when he's talking. It's amazing to see. Um, when he's talking about anything, any questions that I'm asking at the moment, literally anything at all, he has so much passion and drive and also humbleness towards it too. Um, thank you so much, Ed, for just doing that. <laughs> and we're literally only about 15 minutes through the podcast. <laughs> but it's, it's amazing. It's amazing to see somebody with so much passion and drive. So thank you so much. Let's, let's talk about the way you educate the kids at school. Because this is something that I would love to know about. What is a day in the life of Ed Moore with a class of maybe, is it 30 kids? Is it about, 30 kids, yeah. Yeah, around mm. about 30 kids. What is it like mm. from start, say, for instance, from start to finish? What is your your program and your process for the kids in the classroom? Uh, well, we start the day off with our mindfulness. I think it's so important. Again, uh, so we do these power questions. Um, so basically ask them, you know, what's making them happy this morning? What's, uh, you know, uh, who do they love? Uh, what's bringing joy to their heart? Um, you know, what they're grateful for. 
and they write it down on the whiteboard and we sort of go around the class sharing ideas and and they're getting so good at it now they're thinking really deep into really deep thinking and thinking a bit more outside the box um of what particularly what they're grateful for and and then we do our mindfulness we do uh 10 minutes of meditation every day oh, that's uh, cool. sort of day off i wish i wish they'd done that in my school mm. <laughs> yeah definitely it's it works it you know it just it's such a calming influence on the class and such a great start to the day and then after that we we, we get stuck into our our literacy or our maths um so we do that and then uh and then we uh and then we do um just dance we we get up what? and we do a bit of silly dancing and <laughs> That's just cool. you know to anything really you know um it could be anything to Cotton Eye Joe to YMCA to <laughs> I know um we you know I've, I'm famous for my I've got a collection of hats and um the kids love wearing my hats they're they're just like costume hats and I've got a whole box full of hats and we just wear hats and we just dance around for five minutes and then we sit back down and we do the next lesson it's just a good way to just break up the morning um so yeah we do our maths and then and then by that time we're, we're we've done play we've we've had you know we're, we're going on to lunchtime and then after lunch we we do a bit of yoga in the afternoon to start our afternoon off so we do sort of five ten minutes of yoga um and then uh we're doing science or we do some topic work on the Stone Age or the Romans or we're looking around the world. Um, and then we might go outside and do the Daily Mile. We run sort of around the, the playground and someone's got like a timer on their, on their watch or something. And we're, we're sort of measuring how far we can go, how many laps we can do. And, and then we come back in and we have a story, which is usually involving me acting in some way or um uh, uh acting out some story and getting them involved as well to make noises and actions and things and then that's the, and then it's the end of the day we've literally flown by and we can't believe we've we somehow got to 315 and we're all going home wow it's amazing how time flies but you know you know the most amazing thing is that it was fun you made it fun yeah. for the kids i think you should have your own academy school at some point you know <sighs> The Edmore Academy. And that sounds quite cool. <laughs> Let's talk about behaviour because I know that in some schools, behaviour is something that is is on the rise, especially when, when kids are um, obviously misbehaving. But how how big is, is behaviour at your school, for instance, Ed? How do you handle when kids are, are misbehaving is I always believe that if a child is misbehaving, there's obviously something behind the reason why the child is misbehaving or acting the way we are. It doesn't mean that they should be punished for the way they are, but just in your profession and your views, how do you handle the way that you handle kids and, and speak to them and treat them when it comes to kids necessarily misbehaving? Um, yeah. I speak, speak to them very calmly. I think, you know, shouting at them uh, doesn't, you know, yeah. doesn't always work. And I think, you know, you've got to get down to their level and you need to, you know, start to un un unpick what's going on in their lives. And usually it's something that's happened at home that, you know, they don't want to talk about or, you know, the simple things that, you know, might have annoyed them in the morning, like they didn't have their breakfast or, you know, mum and dad were ushering them out the door and, you know, they didn't want to go, you know, they wanted to finish watching 
something on TV and it could be something simple as that or it could yeah, be that's true. something even more worse than that, you know, that, you know, they just haven't got the, you know, the confidence they don't want to talk about it. And, um, I, you know, I get down to the level and, you know, we try and sort out the issues and, you know, and obviously if it is serious, then obviously I need to report that. Um, but, you know, I, I try and gain that trust off that child. Um, and we got, you know, we've got a fantastic uh, reward system. Uh, we got something called raffle tickets. Uh, basically, the more raffle tickets you earn throughout the week, the more chance you've got winning the prize. And the prize is amazing, you know. Um, it, it's great. I've got some, you know, many connections, my eco work, and people donate lift pickers and book environmental books and, you know, uh, crabbing equipment, nets and things. And, um, you know, I'm very thankful to them for, for giving, you know, giving some really good prizes and, and the children, you know, and the children work work really hard to want to to gain them. And uh, at the moment, a litter picker, you know, through this this time at the moment, through doing virtual teaching and juggling teaching my class as well, um, we're still doing raffle tickets. And um, a litter picker is the number one prize that everybody wants in my class. What? Everybody wants a litter picker. <laughs> Oh, that's kind of, I might I might want one too now. You're making it sound yeah. interesting. <laughs> You're making it sound interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it works. It works. You know, they they send me pictures every week. Uh, all the children have got a litter pick at the moment. Um, that you know of them cleaning up their road or going down the beach doing a litter pick or you know it's getting them out and about. You know, doing their daily exercise. You know, making it a bit more fun for them and. You know, I think the parents are very grateful, you know, for, for having, a, having a little picker and, <laughs> you know, they're doing their bit for the, for the environment as well. Yeah. So, you know, it's two birds, one stone. They should do that here in London, I think. But here in London at the moment is completely empty. Uh, everyone's inside. No one's really out. But here's one for you, Ed, that I do want to ask because the teachers also deserve to be rewarded too. How, how do you feel like uh, every day you go in, you use all your energy to teach kids and help them evolve to become the, the the kids or the people that they want to become in life but how is it for for you guys do you guys have like a training program that you guys go through that you then feed out to the kids how is it for you does the headmaster come in and say hey guys we need to have a meeting about a specific subject or the way we do things how does it work for you as teachers but also how do you guys get rewarded for your work uh, so, um, we have a staff meeting every, every Wednesday, um, and that's sort of set out, um, um, by, by the head and deputy head of what, what CPD things that we need to work on as, as a collective, as a, as a school. Um, and then we've all got like our own little subject areas that we're working on and we're working on our own research projects, uh, which then we feed back every every sort of three or four months to the teachers about what we found out and what we're doing uh, to keep everyone um, linked up to, you know, what they need to be doing in their classrooms and um, how they could, you know, deliver um, ideas and activities and things. Um, and, you know, obviously I'm, I'm in charge of eco and that's solely my responsibility and, you know, um, I'm sort of sort of left left to to sort of you know get on with that and which is fine, which is brilliant. Um, I you know I don't get anything extra for doing that. That um, a lot. So all my eco work is in my own time, um, my evenings, my, my summer holidays, my 
every school holiday I have, I'm I'm working on eco. Um, wow. So yeah, I get I don't get paid anything extra to do that. I just do that out of the, out of the car, out of my heart because I'm really passionate about it and I just love doing it. Oh wow, that's amazing! See, no wonder you before before I introduced Ed, guys. Ed had a long list of things that he's done, and I was like, "Wow!" And me and Ed had to go through it to say which ones you want me, which ones you want me to, to actually say. But I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say one, which was um, the national award-winning eco coordinator. That one, I, and I want you to talk about it because talk to me about you actually receiving. Let me know if this is correct. You actually receiving an award for what you do, Ed? Could you tell us how that happened and what you actually did? Um, yeah, basically, um, I got nominated. Um, I don't know who nominated me or yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know. Um, but I'm very humbled to whoever did. I'm very thankful. Aww. Thank you for whoever did. Um, I, I know, and I never thought in my wildest dreams that, you know, nine years ago starting, I would ever be in this situation that I'm in right now. Um, you know, winning awards and winning awards for the school and um you know um yeah I, I still can't can't quite believe it myself um um yeah just through hard work and determination and um giving up a lot of weekends and sunday mornings and and up you know working till late into the night and um you know it's all been you know, it's all been worth it. And, you know, to see the children's faces, you know, at the end of the day, it, you know, it, it's great to be credited, you know, an award like this, but, you know, the stars of the show, the children at the end of the day, and, you know, they're the ones that have, you know, uh, jumped on my, you know, jumped, jumped on and, and, you know, they, they've got a real passion for, for the environment. And, and, you know, I, I know I'm the one sort of driving it sort of thing. And with my yeah. passion, you know, it's, it's feeding on to them. But um, at the end of the day, if I didn't have them, I wouldn't be able to have all that I have. And so I'm oh. very grateful and very thankful for the children that have come through the school and been part of our environmental work so far. And, you know, because without them, then this would be nothing and I would be nothing. So, um, yeah, I'm very thankful and very grateful to them. What do you feel are the challenges that you go through in your school that you feel need to be <coughs> changed? Um, because I know the educational system for each school is different. But what do you feel like in, in maybe your school, or you can just say schools in general, mm. in mm. when it comes to the educational system, what do you feel should be changed to help the kids, but also to help you as well as a teacher? Mm. Yeah, I, I think workload. I think workload is a huge thing. You know, we do lots of, um, we do lots of silly bits of paperwork that actually we don't need to be doing. Um and there's lots of emphasis on on data, data collection, and and constantly assessing children, and we should just let them just enjoy enjoy their learning, enjoy life, rather than keep on, you know, grading them every every sort of you know half term term. Um, you know, I personally think it's just it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah. It's just too much. It's you know, um, and you know children learn at different speeds and there's that extra pressure that you know they need to be moving on they need to be moving on all the time and you know some children just don't move on for whatever reason and but then later on in life they will move on they will you know they'll suddenly make huge progress and you know that doesn't mean that they're not making huge progress now um yeah. you know 
And I think as well, you know, um, we need more, you know, we need more money pushed in for, you know, the disadvantaged and, you know, we need to help them like catch up and with what they're doing. I think that's so important. And, you know, what Rashford's done as well, I think that is, you know, higher claim to him for yeah. all the work that he's done and his family's done, you know, total respect there. And we just need more, more celebrities, more people like that to be, um, you know, helping, you know, he- you know, helping schools and, you know, on a, on, a, on my front as well, you know, I think there's lots of subject areas that need to be rewarded, you know, uh, the, you know, uh, the, the government came going on about the environment and how they want every school to be zero, you know, zero carbon free by 2030. Well, if you want that, then you need teachers in place to do that and, and specialist teachers in the environment as well. And it is possible, you know, we're a zero carbon school. It's taken us eight years to get here. So you yeah. can, you know, there's still nine years to go. Um, but, you know, I think the environment is just as important as literacy and maths and, you know, it, it should be, you know, I think it should be rewarded as a, you know, as a subject area. You were talking to me about kids that have difficulties learning. Can you talk to me a bit about, say, for instance, kids who have dyslexia? Because that's that's a big subject right there. Um, mm. I have dyslexia also, so I understand the terms. And in school for me, they never really had uh, the teachers to be patient. I'm going to be polite. <laughs> And say, be patient when it comes to <laughs> when it mm. comes to um, people or kids who have learning difficulties. How do you feel, especially with dyslexia? Um, teachers have evolved to help kids with learning difficulties. Yeah, I think um, I, I think through the through the training that we've had um, at school, um, it's so worthwhile and it's nice to it's nice to keep on getting that training because yeah. we're, we're constantly learning as teachers. Everyone thinks that we all know, we know everything, you know, but we don't. And we're constantly learning things all the time. And that's what's so great about our profession that, that, you know, there's always something else to learn. There's always something else to know. Um, yeah. And particularly about dyslexia, you know, it's changing all the time, you know, new, new ways and new activities and, and new programs are coming out to support children uh, with dyslexia and, you know, it's, you know, it's getting that training into schools, you know, which is so important. And, you know, um, you need a lot of patience, I think, dyslexia. It's, and it's so, it's so difficult to pick as well. It's so difficult, you know, um, you don't really do the the dyslexia test or they're, you know, they're sort of eight, nine, nine years old sort of thing, you know, so they're struggling before they even got there to, to, you know, so you can assess them. and uh you know but once once that's been diagnosed fantastic you know we can crack on as teachers and you know we've got amazing teaching assistants who have been trained as well in that type of field that can support um a child with dyslexia and you know give them the opportunities you know for their later life you know and they you know don't think that dyslexia is a barrier because there's a few teachers at my school that are dyslexic but you look and you think and the, te- the and the the children are always shocked i think by cool there's dyslexic hang on you're a teacher what you can see? you can you know to show them that actually you can yeah. make something of your life don't see it as a don't see it as oh, i've got dyslexia i won't be able to get i won't be able to do what i want to do but you know it's sort of showing them that hey you can you can do it yeah 
Most definitely. I want to get to know, we've spoken so much about the, the environment, teachers, the methods, the kids, but I want to get to know you more, Ed. And, okay. <laughs> and the reason why is because without you, you you in this world, I should say, the kids wouldn't have the drive and the ability to, to do what they do. The, the, the world wouldn't be a better place with the with all the work that you're doing. But the question that I do have for you, Ed, was there ever a time in your life that you don't mind sharing with us that you went through a difficult period or an obstacle that you would like to share? But mm. in being who you are as a teacher, how did you overcome it? And how did also the kids bring their brightness to you to help you overcome it too? Um, I think I got a few obstacles, um, oh, go for it. but I think, I think my, my, my changing one, I think, um, was when I was 16, um, you know, I, I, I struggled, I put my hand up. I, I struggled with exams and I struggled, you know, academically, uh, it wasn't my, it wasn't my forte. Um, yeah. I, I really struggled with writing and, and reading and, um, you know, I found it really difficult. And, you know, growing up, you know, I saw my brother, and my sister excelling in their learning, you know, really intelligent, you know, really intelligent brother and sister. And I was thinking, Carl, you know, I'll see them going out to, you know, go and play in the streets and things. And I'll be the one su stuck inside with my dad doing some reading or doing some writing. I was thinking, Carl, why can't I do this? This is so frustrating. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I didn't get the grades at GCSE. You know, I got C, six Ds, two Es, and an F. I know it off by heart. But you know, that didn't stop me. You know, um, you know, I, I retook. You know, I retook my GCSE for uh, for English and and, and maths. I, took, I think I think I took maths four times. Um, couldn't read the questions. Yeah, couldn't read this bit. But it taught me. You know, never give up. You know, there's always a way. There's and that's my and that's my motto. There's always a way in life. You'll find a way. Just believe in yourself and just have that determination and that faith that you can do it. Um, and I think from that moment onwards, that may be the person who I am today. Um, just never giving up, and you know. And um, I, a few years later, I think about 2007, I took my science, retook my science because I didn't have my science used to see either. Because then, because you, you need all your, your GCSEs for. Yeah being a primary school teacher um you know and that was a challenge in itself as well and um you know and by having having those experiences you know to share with a child in your class who's just like you know even this week you know we're trying to do some geometry and you know they just couldn't do it and just saying you know just keep on practicing you know and that's what it is just keep practicing keep doing yeah. it keep doing what you're doing you'll get there and seeing their face by Friday that they could do some concentric circles, um, a circle in a circle in a circle. Um, you know, they're set up, their eyes just lit up to think that I spent all week doing this, you know, and scratch up bits of paper and, you know, they did it, you know, and they're, you know, their eyes lighting up and, you know, there's nothing like it, you know, and I still think I might be biased, but teaching is like, you know, teaching is the best career in the world. You know, oh, wow, you can't wow, beat it. See, <laughs> see, oh, I love that. I really, really do. What? See, this is this is most probably going to intertwine with your previous question. 
what are you most proud of for being as an individual? What are you most proud of? Um, being who I am, um, being being silly, being kind, being happy, <laughs> um, making other people happy. You know, you know, I, you know, I think that's so important. You know, you can help somebody else feel happy by yeah. the way you dress. You know, the things you say. Um, I think that's so important. Um, just making someone laugh each day. You know, great for their health and well-being. Um, Yeah, I like that. <laughs> what is the best advice you have ever received? But how has that advice helped you within your life? Um, I think um, I think the best bit of advice I ever had, uh, I think it was early in my teaching career, um, if you don't believe in it, don't do it. Um, That's good. You know, if you don't believe in it, just don't do it, you know find who you want to be within that classroom and go with go with that yourself um and i think that's the best bit of advice i i ever got given um and also in the last sort of i think in the last sort of 10 9 or 10 months you know go with the flow go with the flow of life that's my new motto at the moment go with the flow of life you know go wherever it takes you uh don't force it you know just just let things come into your life, make that decision and, you know, and go with it. You know, don't go chasing something because when you chase something, that's when it starts going a bit wrong. And, you know, yeah. that's what happened to me. And yeah. I've just gone back to, you know, let's just go with the flow and let things come into your life. And then, you know, there will be bad things and you've just got to work that out and make that decision at that right time. And, and just, you know, you know, just go, go with the flow and, you know, I re read a great article. Um, uh, I think it was a uh, right river wrong boat, um, you know, and basically I was on the right river, but perhaps in the wrong boat. And yeah. and now I sort of feel a bit more in the last sort of yeah. six, seven months, I feel like I'm now on the, on my right, I found my boat sort of thing. And <laughs> I'm, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm flowing down that river now sort of thing. And, <laughs> and I'm just letting things come into my life and, you know, I'm choosing, you know, making sure I've got that balance. I'm not taking on too much work and, you know, I'm still doing my passion, but I'm not, but then I'm also enjoying my life and my lifestyle and I'm doing things for me. I think, you know, I think that's really important, you know, self-love, make sure that you love yourself before you, you know, love somebody else. And, you know, and that's really, um, yeah, that's really shone through on me. Definitely. When do you remember feeling totally at peace? When was the last time that you said to yourself, Ed, I feel totally at peace today? Wow. Um, probably this week. Probably this week. That's, that's yeah. good. Yeah. 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 Just, uh, just really relaxed, really calm and, you know, just going with the flow and just, you know, just letting everything just, Exorb and you know really chilled out and I'm a really chilled out guy you know I'm really yeah, calm and <laughs> calm in all different things and nothing really phases me I have to say I'm just really you know chilled out and you know I'm always there for a listening ear or a bit of advice to help somebody else and 
you know, that's what I enjoy doing. And, you know, if I can help somebody else, inspire somebody else to be a teacher or, you know, get into our profession or, you know, help them in their lives in some way, then I'm all for, yeah, I'm, all, I'm always here. Here's a question, but it might be a bit difficult, but I love asking it. If there was one song that you could choose that is the soundtrack of your life, what one song would you choose and why would you choose that one song? Cool. Um, Let It Be. Let It Be by the Beatles. Wow, that's good. You were quick. Yeah, that, that was the first thing that came into my head. Um, it's always been a song that I love. Um, my, my dad's a huge Beatles fan, um, literally worships the ground. And, I've, you know, I, I've been lucky. I've seen Paul McCartney twice in concert. And, oh, wow. Um, um, and, yeah, let it be, definitely, you know, just just let it be. Let, let life, you know, let, let life come at you and just 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 let it be. See? Wow, see? I don't even know what to say after that. That's amazing, actually. You're, you've been the quickest one to actually come up with a song <laughs> title for the soundtrack of their life. And I'm like, usually I'm stuck here, like, okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't, no, that's pretty cool. Tell me, tell me how you define success. How do you define success to you? Because we all have a different, different, a different definition, excuse me, of how we define success for ourselves as individuals. But how do you define success for yourself? And what does success even mean to you? Um, I suppose uh, feeling good about something that, that, that I'm doing, that I feel passionate about, that I want to do, that I get up every day and I think, yeah, you know, I want to get to school, I want to get to school early, I want to, you know, I want to enjoy myself today, I want to have fun, you know, I want to make some people smile, I want to make people laugh. Um you know, um, it's not all about reward awards. Awards are great and fantastic and great recognition to, you know, what you're doing. Um, but, you know, I don't, I, you know, I don't go out to, you know, I want to get this award, I want to get that award. And, you know, they're fantastic acclaims to, you know, and great for, you know, for being, um, you know, uh, chosen, you know, and um, for what you're doing sort of thing. Um, been highlighted for the, the hard work that you're putting in, but rewards aren't, you know, they're not the the be and end all of everything. That's true. Um, That's definitely I think, true. I think, uh, you know, I think success is, you know, being happy in yourself, you know, and, and wanting to get up every day and, and enjoy life and enjoy what you're doing. Um, I think that's a, yeah, that's a great success. I like that. Yeah, that definitely... Right. That resonates with me a lot, highly. If there was one quote that you could choose, I know that you said, I, I think you said to me, right river, wrong boat. I think that was one. But if yeah. you had to choose a quote that also represents you as a person, what quote would you choose? And why would you choose that quote? Oh, Wow. God, now, now, now you got me stumped. Now you got me stumped. Hey. You got me stumped. You got, you got me. You got me. I can't reel <laughs> off a quick one for this one. Um, um, you know, I've got my, you know, I've got my. There's always a way. Quote. You know, there's always a way in life. You know. Yeah, that's um, a good one. I think my latest one is, um, you know, I stumbled across um, a Bootu, um don't know if you've heard about Abutu, um, sort of, uh, 
brought together by uh, Desmond Tutu and Nelson Mandela. Um, you know, um, I am because we are, you know, yes. a person, a person is, you know, it's for another person, you know, and, you know, we're all as one, you know, at the end of the day, I wouldn't be here if you weren't here and I need you and you need me and, you know, and, you know, we need to help each other to become as one, you know, to help each other through life and how we want to, you know, progress in our lives. And um, I think, you know, Abutu at the moment is um, quite quite prominent and you know it's it's it, you know it's in for everybody everybody needs everybody needs that and it's something that you know um it's like a jigsaw piece isn't it really it's you know we all we're all sort of joined together to, to become as one and um i know it's not much of a quote but i'd probably just oh, use it it's, it's perfect no it's perfect there's there's no there's no right or wrong it's just no this is true there is no right or wrong there is just you like the mm. i am it's just i am i am yeah so it's, yeah i am because we are you know abusive that's and that's perfect for me here's one for you and i know you said nelson mandela and i know the quotes so this might help as well if i left you on a desert island and i said to you you're only allowed to have one president mm. one activist and mm -hmm. one musician. What one president, one activist, or one musician would you have on the island with you for 48 hours to have a conversation with? Wow. Um, I'd love to I'd love to have a conversation with Nelson, Man Nelson Mandela. I think he's an absolute legend in his own right for what he did for South Africa and the way he galvanised the whole country to reform and come back together and you know have so much belief uh you know i think that is you know so commendable about you know what he did um uh you know i've been fortunate myself to, to meet jane goodall on two occasions i think you know i'd love to have an in-depth conversation with her and you know of you know and sir david attenborough i think that would be amazing um to you know <laughs> to get sort of close to them and because they've had such a huge impact on our, on our environment and particularly in the last two or three years, uh, you know, Blue Planet 2 and, yes. you know, the work that, and the work that Jane Goodall has done uh, with chimpanzees and um, in the rainforests and, you know, she's doing phenomenal work and, you know, she's local. She's local to me. She lives in, you know, she's originally from Bournemouth in Dorset and, See? you know, um, I think, you know, uh, she's doing, she's doing amazing work and on the musician front, um, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to, I'd love to talk to, you know, Paul McCartney, you know, I think, you know, or Bono, you know, I think they're doing fantastic yeah. environmental work, um, in their own right. Um, you know, and they've been doing it for, for many years, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. They've been, they've been doing this. It's not a flash in the pan and they're not doing it for, you know, for the press or anything. They're doing it because they solely have a passion for it and, uh, yeah, I'd love to have a more, you know, insight into in, into the work that they're doing. That's perfect. See, you're giving some good answers today, and I like them. They're, they're really <laughs> cool. <laughs> so what would you say, I know we're coming towards the end, but what would you say to anybody who has that moment in their life where they feel like giving up because they don't have the support like they always 
thought they should have or they don't have very much money to be able to fund what they love doing um and sometimes you get down about that but what would you say especially from your point of view as a teacher to anybody listening about being positive and optimistic and and striving for your goals and just believing in your ability to just do great if you if you've got a dream in life you know never give up never give up at all you know you can do it you can get out there and regardless of whether you you know you you haven't got the money or you know but you've got that passion if you've got that passion inside you and you know you want to do it the end you'll find a way to do it you know just you know go out and find a find a mentor find somebody that can help you to get to where you want to be you know if you've got a passion to want to be a teacher then do you know a teacher that you know that can help you can you is there someone in that your community that you know that you can reach out to and and you know make them they you know your mentor or you know or get advice from them you know because there's always people out there and and I think you know that that is so worthwhile and that's what I do if I've got something that I want you know I reach out find a mentor find somebody that's going to help me get to where I want to be um you know uh, there'll be there'll be something there'll be somebody out there and you know you you got a dream and you know there's always a way you know that's my saying there's always a way there's always a way in life you know it will happen you know it might not happen after 12 months it might not happen after two or three years but it will happen just you know just keep that belief keep that faith keep that belief and keep that passion and keep on opening those doors as they come as they come in and keep making those positive decisions and you know, you'll get there in the end. You will get there. Let's, let's, before, let's talk about, before I ask my two last questions, I want to talk about your gardening because you love gardening. <laughs> and I, and I definitely introed you as an enthusiast gardener, but we never actually spoke very much about it. So talk to me about it. Talk to me about your gardening and why you love gardening so much. Um, I love gardening so much because it's so peaceful. It's so relaxing. It's so good for the mind. Uh, you know, you're, you're planting something from seed and then you're sort of getting like a, like a prize at the end of it. You know, you, you see, you see it grow into like a, into a, you know, a tomato, a potato, a courgette, you know, and there's, then there's like different varieties of courgettes and there's different colors of carrots, you know, you just don't get orange ones, you get purple and yellow ones and orange ones and, um, you know, it's all a bit of a surprise, isn't it, really? Um, and you can then take that to, to then uh, make, you know, make an amazing, like, traditional British dish. And, um, you know, yeah. you know, I think it's, you know, I think it's the best thing that you could, you know, possibly do. And the thing that, you know, you don't have to go down the supermarket. You literally grow it in your, in your back garden. You can grow exactly. it in pots if you've got, you know, if you live in a flat or something, you know, get a trough and put it on your windowsill. Um, you know, there are creative ways that, you know, you can grow other things and, you know, what's even better that, you know, you can actually use like say a tomato and use the seeds from a tomato and then grow another tomato. You don't actually have exactly. to go down to the, uh, go down to the garden center and buy some seeds. You can actually use the seeds within the fruit or the veg, you know, just, yeah. you know, just pick them out sort of thing. Um, and they're, and they're even you know, better uh, as well. They're even better to use as well. Yeah, yeah Definitely. Definitely, yeah. Great environmental little top tip there from from me. Um, hey, so guys. yeah, you know, and and you know, the gardening started. This sort of started off the eco work really nine years ago. Um, you know, I, I I started at 
the school that I'm at. Uh, they didn't have a garden. They didn't, you know, they had uh, children didn't know about where the food came from. They thought it came from the supermarket. Um, they had no understanding about, you know, about how to look after the world. And I thought, right, okay, I'll make a garden. So I spent my, my Easter holidays out there and got wrote my dad in as well. And we, we built a garden together. And that's the, the first garden of three gardens that we've made um, at the school. Um, we got a big allotment area now and, you know, so the children learn about rotating the beds and um, we grow by the seasons. So we grow our veg by the seasons and our fruits by the seasons. So, uh, you know, that they can harvest them um, in spring, in the autumn, in the winter. Um, and the children love it, you know, and we've got fantastic volunteers as well that come in, in the afternoons that help with the children, you know, that they've got – they've got an allotment themselves or uh, they haven't got a garden, but they've got the passion, they've got the knowledge for it. They teach the children, which then takes a bit of pressure off the teachers that aren't so gardening friendly. Um, But I'm always out there. I always like, you know, come wind, rain or shine, I'm I'm there. Um, And, you know, the children have learned so much and, you know, they, they can take what we have, they can take it home or, they have the snack time or, um, you know, we, we're lucky we've got a technology room and, you know, they can, you know, they could go and make a dish from whether it's British dish or they could go and make a dish from another country. I think that's always really exciting that we can grow veg from other countries and then they can make a dish from another country and think, wow, cool. I didn't realize that, you know, I could do this. Yeah. Yeah. I can sample other dishes with, from that country without having to go to that country. See, you see how beautiful the word is, is that you have everything at your feet. And I mean, literally at your feet, because if you're standing on a garden, it's literally at your feet. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so amazing. So what would you like your legacy to be when you feel like you've done enough in the world? What Mm. would you like your legacy to be? How would you like people to remember you, Ed? Um, I'd really like to leave a legacy of that, um, an, an environmental legacy, you know, that we have a, a constant cycle of children coming through and looking after our world. And, you know, uh, there's no one there driving it except for the children. It's the children's passions that are just constantly, uh, cycling it round, and they're the ones, uh, pushing it forwards, um, to think, you know, uh, to think that, you know, they've, they've looked after their world and, and then, then they're passing on to the next generation, the next generation, they keep on passing it down sort of thing. And yeah. it becomes a constant cycle. Um, and also, you know, a, a fun, happy, happy teacher that just passed on, you know, passed on his humor and his silliness and, you know, allowed, you know, and taught people just to don't worry in life and be who you want to be, be who you are, you know, don't have any worries, just, you know, if you want to be like that, you be like that. If you want to wear that, if you, you wear that. If you want to dance around the room, you dance around the room. You know, you you be who you want to be. You know, that's so important. And if I can leave that kind of legacy um, when I, you know, when I retire from teaching, then um, that, yeah, that, that'd be great. That'd be amazing. That sounds good to me. That's a good legacy to leave behind. Finally, my final question for you, Ed, is I've had the privilege of having you on the show, but 
Where can people also find you if they would like to contact you or get in touch with you? Where can they find you on all your social medias and any other platforms that you would like to share? Yeah, so you can you can get me on LinkedIn. Uh, I got I usually try and update it as much as I can. So uh, there's plenty of articles on there about my eco work and um, what, what what I've been up to. Uh, so yeah, check out my LinkedIn and it's it's Ed Ed with two D's. Um, uh, Ed Moore uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, we've also got a, I've also got a, a Facebook page, uh, Plastic Free Dorchester, which is a, a campaign that we started about t- two, three years ago with the children uh, to make uh, our town Dorchester, where our school is, uh, plastic free. And we're still, we did, we we managed to get the, the accreditation, but we've still got loads more things to be doing, and we're still working on that with the children. That's still ongoing. Um, and you can also get us at, you know, school website, you know, um, get us on Damus, Damus First School uh, in Dorchester. Check us out there. Uh, there's lots of information. Our Eco News is on there. It's updated every month of what we're, all the, all the latest things that we're up to. So, yeah, check out Damus First School. Um, thank you very much. Oh, guys. <laughs> wow. Ed, thank you so much for coming on the Yes People podcast. But I also want to thank Ed because... Ed has been extremely kind and patient when it comes to just coming on the Us People podcast show. So, Ed, I want to thank you for your kindness, your compassion, and also your wisdom for coming on the Us People podcast. I really do appreciate you and everything that you've said today. No, thank you so much. Thank you very much for the the invite and the... um yeah, and, and allowing me to come on. I feel very humble to come on such a great podcast. And um, yeah, the work that you do um, is phenomenal. And no, thank you so much. Oh, you're most welcome. And I'm humbled just by what you've said. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ed. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the Ask People podcast. And please remember, you can subscribe and leave us a review on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and any other platform that you prefer listening to. Please also follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And you can also donate to the Ask People podcast by simply going to the Savvy Rocks website or just typing in paypal.me forward slash us people podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Stay happy, stay positive and as always, please continue to be kind to one another. amazing that was yeah never yeah question the questions were, were, were amazing never been asked yeah been never been asked anything anything like that at all which is great i love different questions i love yeah i love the chat best best podcast i've been on <laughs>